0: Hey everybody, welcome to 2ZQ Hot Takes, where we discuss issues both big and small. I am your host, the very handsome Tim Kirk, and this time I'll be talking about expiration dates. Some of us are really good at recognizing them and taking action long before that happens. They stay fresh, no moss on them. They know when they have peaked. Some, like me, don't realize when we've gone stale, sour, bitter, and undesirable. Could be age, kidding yourself, rose-colored glasses, arrogance, immaturity, lack of self-awareness, ignorance, and I bet a whole lot more. You might not particularly like those people, possibly even resent them on a number of different levels for different sets of reasons or emotional experiences, but they figure out when to get out before the jig is up. And now we have this uh, interesting article from the New York Times from October 28th, 2021. The 37-year-olds are afraid of the 23-year-olds who work for them. 20-somethings rolling their eyes at the habits of their elders is a long-standing trend, but many employers said there's a new boldness in the way Gen Z dictates taste. As a millennial with a habit of lurking on TikTok, Jessica Fain understood that skinny jeans and side parts were on the steady march toward extension. But when Miss Fain, who works as a product manager at a large tech company, heard that some of her favorite emojis might also be confronting retirement, namely that laughing, sobbing face, she decided to seek the counsel of her junior colleagues. I've heard that using this emoji isn't cool anymore, Miss Fane, 34, said she wrote in a water-cooler-type Slack channel. Yeah, I only use that emoji at work for professionalism, she recalled a younger employee replying. Hate to break it to you, Jess. With an H8 and the number 2, break it to a number 2, lowercase u, Jess. (coughs) Now... My immediate reaction to this is to recoil with a hard-hearted resentment that it seems unconscious of me, but I could see that it would invoke almost the same response that I had as a young kid every time somebody older than me was just, just disgusted and felt contempt for my generation any time they did something new or different. Miss Fane is old enough to remember when millennials determined what was in vogue. Rompers, rose pink craft beer, Netflix, and chill. Now she gets the foreboding sense from colleagues that her AARP card awaits. She's 34. Subtly yet undeniably, as generational shifts tend to go, there's a new crop of employees determining the norms and styles of the workplace, and they have no qualms about questioning not just emoji use But all the antiquated ways of their slightly older managers, from their views on politics in the office to their very obsession with work. I feel very sure that I'm uncool, said Andy Dunn, 42, who co-founded the upscale apparel brand, Bonobos, once the uniform for a subset of millennial men. I've come to accept that. Andy Dunn relies on his youngest employees to help him keep up with the sensibilities of Gen Z. We haven't even gotten to the digital natives who are the next ones. It's a fault line that crisscrosses industries and issues. At a retail business based in New York, managers were distressed to encounter young employees who wanted paid time off when coping with anxiety or period cramps. At a supplement company, a Gen Z worker questioned why she would be expected to clock in for a standard eight-hour day when she might get through her to-do list by the afternoon. At a biotech venture, entry-level staff members delegated tasks to the founder, and spanning sectors and startups, the youngest members of the workforce, have demanded what they see as a long-overdue shift away from, from corporate neutrality toward a more open expression of values, whether through executives displaying their pronouns on Slack or putting out statements in support of the protests for Black Lives Matter. These younger generations are cracking the code and they're like, hey guys, turns out we don't have to do it like these old people tell us we have to do it, said Colin Gwynn, 41, co-founder of the robotics company Hanger Technology. We can actually do whatever we want and be just as successful. And old people are like, what is going on? Or, what is going on? 20-somethings rolling their eyes at the habits of their elders is a trend as old as Xerox, Kodak, and Classic Rock. But many employers said there's a new boldness in the way Gen Z dictates taste and some members of Gen Z, defined as the 72 million people born between 1997 and 2012, or simply as anyone too young to remember September 11th, are quick to affirm this characterization. Ziad Ahmed, 22, founder and chief executive of the Gen Z marketing company JUV Consulting, which lent its expertise to brands like Jansport, recalled speaking at a conference where a Gen Z woman, an entry-level employee, told him she didn't feel her employer's marketing fully reflected her progressive values. What is your advice for our company, the young woman asked. Make you a vice president, Mr. Ahmed told her, rather than an intern. Starting in the mid-aughts, the movement of millennials from college into the workplace prompted a flurry of advice columns about hiring members of the headstrong generation. These young people tell you what time their yoga class is, warned a 60-minute segment in 2007 called The Millennials Are Coming. Well, I have my own personal experience with someone I knew who was not much of a worker, wasn't particularly good at his job, he showed up usually sometime after 11 a.m., after he had done his yoga and entered his daily journal. Yeah, and that was 14 years ago. Over time, these millennials became managers, and workplaces were reshaped in their image. There were thank God it's Monday signs affixed to we work walls. Hmm there was the once-heralded rise of the She-E-O. Millennials point out that for a generation of workers who entered the office during and after the 2008 financial crisis and felt lucky to land any type of work, it's unsurprising to see a premium placed on hustling. Gen Zers, meanwhile, are starting their careers at a new moment of crisis in the midst of a pandemic pandemic that has upended the hours, places, and ways we're able to work. A fall 2021 survey of Gen Z job candidates from the recruitment software company RippleMatch found that more than two-thirds wanted jobs that will definitely stay remote. The generational frictions are now particularly apparent in companies run by and catering to a largely millennial demographic. Oh, my. Gabe Kennedy thirty, founder of the herbal supplement brand Plant People, noticed as he recruited Gen Z employees that some had no interest in the rigid work habits that felt natural to his mostly millennial ten person team. He and his co founder were accustomed to spending late nights in the office obsessing over customer feedback and sharing Chinese takeout. His youngest employees preferred to set their own hours. Well, you know, as somebody who's a fossil, I would prefer to set my own hours, which would be zero. But, you know, uh, that's not the way it was. (laughs) It's interesting to see how people have catered to and cratered to the demands of this entire generation because anybody I know who's working now has got to be grateful to these people for making these things happen. They've always wanted them. No one had the guts. Mr. Kennedy interviewed a Gen Z candidate for a full-time position who asked if she could stop working for the day once she'd accomplished the tasks she set out to do. He responded that a roll was expected to be a nine-to-five. Older generations were much more used to punching the clock, Mr. Kennedy mused. It was, I climb the ladder and get my pension and gold watch. Yep. Then for the millennials, it was, there's still an office, but I can play ping-pong and drink nitro coffee. I have referred to this in previous pods, particularly the ping-pong. For the next generation, it's, holy cow, I can make a living by posting on social media when I want and how I want. If only. I post on social media all the time. Allie Kriegman, 30, co-founder of the retail technology business Bulletin, wasn't sure in the past how to respond when her Gen Z employees insisted on taking days off from menstrual cramps or mental health. Hey, I woke up and I'm not in a good place mentally, went the typical text message. I'm not going to come in today. Instinctively, Miss Kriegsman wanted to applaud their efforts to prioritize well-being. As an entrepreneur, I want to call out of managing my team sometimes because my period is making me super hormonal, she said. But I'm in a position where I have to push through, just like everybody else who's 20 or 30 years older than you always did. And how about the people who show up for work hungover? I don't know anybody who didn't come to work hungover. Managers like Miss Kriegsman understood the instinct Gen Zers have to protect their health to seek some divide between work and life. But some are baffled by the candid way in which those desires are expressed. They're unaccustomed, in other words, to the defiance of workplace hierarchy. Lola Priego, 31, chief executive. And where are all these people who were so chief executive I never met, I mean, I think I met maybe two or three people in my life who who were doing something like being a chief executive or an entrepreneur before they were 30 years old who were being quoted in the New York Times. Huh. Well, what do you know? Lola Priego, 31, chief executive of the lab testing startup BASE, had to laugh when a Gen Z employee sent a Slack message assigning her a task to complete. Ms. Priego interpreted this as a welcome signal that her 15-person staff doesn't find her intimidating, but another member of upper-level management was horrified. Polly Rodriguez, 34, chief executive of the sexual wellness business Unbound, said, when I was entering the workforce, I would not have delegated to my boss. Gen Z doesn't hesitate to do that. Has anyone checked on the kids? They're talking differently, texting more, wearing the wrong clothes, still texting. Do they ever put down their phones? Researchers call this the kids these days effect. What researchers call this? Really? (laughs) What are these researchers, really? Is this somebody who talked to their grandparents? And note that it has been happening for millenniums. It's a natural thing that people tend to complain about everyone younger than them. Going back to the Greek philosophers, said Kurt Rudolph, an organizational psychologist, each new generation, christened by marketers and codified by workplace consultants selling tips on how to manage the mysterious youth, can strike the people who came just before them as uniquely self-focused. First came the me generation, then the me-me-me generation. Still, many managers feel that ignoring the divide between young and the slightly less young isn't an option. It shapes hiring. It shapes marketing. And over the last year, it has shaped the way companies respond to a country in tumult. In June 2020, as Black Lives Matter protests swelled across the country... The Slack channels of corporate America face their own form of reckoning. I'd like to see some citation on this. For Ms. Rodriguez, it started with a Saturday morning phone call. Ms. Rodriguez's co founder at Unbound, which sells vibrators, called to say that their social media manager, a younger employee, wanted to know what the company planned to do to support the protests. Ms. Rodriguez didn't usually receive calls on the weekend. She knew that for her employees, this signified a state of emergency. But she also wanted time to plan the team's response. Within days, her company hired a diversity, equity, and inclusion firm to offer employee trainings and started a fundraiser for a group supporting sex workers of color. Ms. Rodriguez is one of the many managers who recalled her Gen Z employees being the first and most vocal in urgent companies to demonstrate their support for the protests after George Floyd's killing. Taro Caupilla, 37, president of a food business, heard from junior staff asking if his company would post a black square in solidarity with the movement on Instagram. Elaine Purcell, 34, co-founder of the maternity care startup Ola, got a Slack message from one of her youngest workers after the shootings at Atlanta Area Spas in March, asking what the team could do in solidarity with Asian Americans. To many corporate leaders, this invites a welcome correction after decades when businesses were largely silent on racial inequities both within and outside their offices. But some managers are also struggling to balance the demands of their employees for political engagement with their own sense of what's appropriate for their brands. You talk to older people and they're like, dude, We sell tomato sauce. We don't sell politics, said Mr. Kennedy, co-founder of Plant People, a certified B corporation. Then you have younger people being like, these are political tomatoes. This is a political tomato sauce. Many are aware, too, that a misstep can lead to backlash or call-outs from staff. Some young former employees are much more willing to burn bridges, Ms. Rodriguez said. To me, it's short-sighted. Is it worth the social clout of getting gratification on social media, but then trashing someone who could continue to help you professionally? Mr. Dunn, who left Bonobos and is now founding a social media company, hired a Gen Zer to read a draft of a book he's writing and notify him of any potentially insensitive or inflammatory language. Within a day, she left... 1,100 comments in the document. Mr. Dunn has also been trying to monitor his gendered language in the office instead of guys saying people, or better yet, y'all. I'm like, let's go, y'all, even though I'm from Illinois, Mr. Dunn said. I had a wake-up around Juneteenth when someone was like, hey, are we off? I was like, oh, of course we're off. But I hadn't thought about that. For Mr. Dunn, it was a reminder of how much he relies on his youngest employees. He's fluent in millennial, but that doesn't mean he knows all the sensibilities of Gen Z. He realized that knowledge matters for his bottom line. Entry-level employees might scold him, but they also know what their peers like. You want to be close to the culture, Mr. Dunn said. At many businesses, Gen Z employees are given the increasing leeway to drive internal culture too. Emily Fletcher, 42, who runs Ziva Meditation, noticed that at her company retreat, the junior people were the ones who were the most comfortable stretching the bounds of what is considered professional conversation. This became apparent when the staff participated in an exercise she calls the Suffy Awards, sitting around a campfire and sharing personal sources of suffering from last year, trying to one-up one another as corny award show music played in the background. It was the Gen Zers, Miss Fletcher said, getting the most vulnerable by speaking about partners cheating on them or the loneliness of a solo quarantine. They celebrate human emotion instead of having an outdated framework of what corporate should be, Miss Fletcher said. Her company culture has relaxed even more, she added, since the departure of her oldest employee, who was 48. Now everyone feels safe to be a little more weird. I cannot tell you or express strongly enough how weird everybody is their entire lives. As the millennials have made clear through their own workplace ascent, one generation's weird can quickly become the new normal. I think it's already happening, said Mr. Ahmed, the Gen Z consultant. Do I think we already control the power? No, but we're pushing the envelope. (laughs) He said pushing the envelope. That's something a boomer would say. And for his part, he confirms that the laughing, sobbing emoji is dead. It's an ironic thing. It's kitschy. I would usually just say, LOL. Well, isn't that nice? From Wikipedia. Expiration date. An expiration date, or expiry date, is a previously determined date after which something should no longer be used either by operation of law or by exceeding The anticipated shelf life for perishable goods. Expiration dates are applied to selected food products and to some manufactured products like infant car seats where the age of the product may impact its safe use. My own personal perspective on expiration dates is that having been around people who are kind of slick and oily You sometimes consider them hit-and-run artists. They come into an organization. They make a lot of noise. They say a few salient things in important meetings. They boomerang off the walls, and they're gone. But they've taken the imprimatur of the organization that they've made that impression on, ratcheted up their professional pedigree, ratcheted up their salary and their next asking price, and they happily move on from place to place. The legal definition and usage of terms will vary between countries and products for expiration dates. Different terms may be used for products that tend to spoil and those that tend to be shelf-stable. The term used by, how many feel like that's happened to them? is often applied to products such as milk and meat that are more likely to spoil and can become dangerous to those eating them. Such products should not be eaten past the date shown. The term best before is often applied to products that may deteriorate slightly in quality, but are unlikely to become dangerous as a result, such as dried foods. Such products can be eaten after their best before date at the discretion of the consumer. Storage and handling conditions will affect whether and when an item will spoil, so there is inherent variability in dating. Yes, as in dating life, as in your half life, as in your usefulness, your utility to others, your perceived abilities, your perceived appeal. Your reception to others. Arbitrary expiration dates are also commonly applied by companies to product coupons, promotional offers, and credit cards. In these contexts, the expiration date is chosen for business reasons to provide some security function rather than any product safety concern. Expiration date is often abbreviated EXP or ED. Generally, foods that have a use-by date written on the packaging should not be eaten after the specified date. This term is generally applied to foods that may go bad due to physical instability, chemical spoilage, bacterial spoilage, pathogenic spoilage, or other factors that can make the food injurious to health milk, meat, fish, and eggs are all subject to spoilage. Such foods should be thrown away if past their use-by date or if showing signs of deterioration such as changes in the smell or color. Fruits, vegetables, breads, and other baked goods can also spoil but may be less likely to become dangerous. It is important to follow storage and preparation instructions carefully for perishable foods. Some products may require a refrigeration. Others may need to be cooked to particular temperatures. Bathroom products and toiletries usually state a time in months from the date the product is opened by which they should be used. This is often indicated by a graphic of an open tub with the number of months written inside. That is 12M means use the product within 12 months of opening. Similarly, some food products say eat within X days of opening. Best before or best-by dates appear on a wide range of frozen, dried, tinned, and other foods. These dates are advisory and refer to the quality of the product in contrast with use-by dates, which may indicate that the product may no longer be safe to consume after the specified date. Food kept after the best-before date will not necessarily be harmful, but may begin to lose its optimum flavor and texture. Eggs can be a special case since they may contain Salmonella, which multiplies over time. They should therefore be eaten before the best before date in Britain. This is 21 days from when they were laid in the USA. There is a maximum of 45 days after the eggs are packed. Quality of the eggs will degrade over time, due to a variety of factors. As a result, some prefer to use fresher eggs for eating and eggs a few days old for cooking. Sometimes the packaging process involves using pre-printed labels, making it impractical to write the best before date in a clearly visible location. In this case, wording like best before C bottom or best before C lid might be printed on the label and the date marked in a different location as indicated. Sometimes is used 0001.01.01 marking of expiry date. That means that after opening of the product, it should be used in line with the instruction and can't be transferred to other person. I have no idea what that means. Open dating is the use of a date stamped on the package of a food product to help determine how long to display the product for sale. This benefits the consumer by ensuring that the product is of best quality when sold. An open date does not supersede a use-by date if shown, which should still be followed. Non-food items may also carry an expiration date. For example, in Canada, all children are required to be secured in an infant car seat while in a motor vehicle that is in motion. Users are required by law to follow manufacturer's directions. There is no specific law that requires an expiration date, but all Transport Canada approved car seats sold in Canada carry a manufacturer applied expiration date that ranges between six and nine years from date of manufacture. The rationale is that car seats are subjected to heat, cold, sun exposure, abuse by the children and long-term storage between children, all of which can degrade the structure and function of the car seat and fail in a crash. Further, Beyond the expiration date, the manufacturer will no longer be monitoring the safety of the seat through testing. Transport Canada advises to destroy an expired car seat and dispose of it at a landfill or recycling facility and never to give an expired seat to someone else or to charity. In the United States, the Food and Drug Administration notes that a principle of U.S. food law is that foods in U.S. commerce must be wholesome and fit for consumption. However, with the exception of infant formula, the United States government does not require or specify uniform terminology for use on food labels, the use of date labeling is entirely at the discretion of the manufacturer, and dates on labels do not indicate product safety. U.S. law does state that labels should be truthful and not misleading. Specific foods may be subject to regulations from the Food Safety and Inspection Service. The expiration date of pharmaceuticals specifies the date the manufacturer guarantees the full potency and safety of a drug. Most medications continue to be effective and safe for a time after the expiration date. A rare exception is a case of renal tubular acidosis purportedly caused by expired tetracycline. A study conducted by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration covered over 100 drugs, prescription, and over-the-counter. The The study showed that about 90% of them were safe and effective as long as 15 years past their expiration dates. Joel Davis, a former FDA expiration date compliance chief, said that with a handful of exceptions, notably nitroglycerin, insulin, and some liquid antibiotics, most expired drugs are probably effective. This is all great information. However, many of us never recognize the corresponding human expiration dates as they relate to themselves. We can see it in others. Too old for that. Grow up. Or seriously out of it. So old. Or... That was so last year, etc. We all know the best if used by stamp on everything we purchase, but we rarely apply that to aspects of our lives. I can still do it. it. becomes meaningless. Age is just a number. Don't believe those platitudes. Your body breaks down. You tire more easily. You long for serenity. You naturally slow down. I'm not really interested in seeing a 98-year-old skydive or run a marathon. If you can, sure, that's great. But it is absolutely not going to inspire me in any way. It's a novelty with very little relevance to my existence. There's also the 30 under 30 taking the the fill-in-the-blank by storm. The confidence of internet posters who not only avoid fact-checking, but adopt a completely misperceived view of a topic theme, or actual historical event or series of events to fit a contemporary narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's a journey, yeah. It's got its ups and downs, yeah, yeah. You just have to go along for the ride, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. Also, realizing that although you may feel frustrated and confounded, you might have to reckon with the idea that what you were doing and how you were living is as lucky or fortunate as it is ever going to get for you. I'm jealous of all the people who not only see, but read and take the clue from the writing on the wall. Me, I am a dope. I have spent far too much of my life in the naive belief of thinking good thoughts, and by gosh, the best will come about as a result of my wishful thinking. Yeah, I have done that far too long. And if not as a way of life, a distinct facet of my psyche, whether muted or prominent, has been there coloring my perceptions and dulling my intellect. So, you know, when it hits you after you realize that you were older than the parents of most of the people you are around every day, it may indeed be past your expiration date. It just happens. It strikes you. The smarter people I have known have had a much more I'm just passing through mentality and they have been criticized as hit and run types, but they have been successful to a great deal where sticking around and hoping for the best outcomes is not too forward thinking, but I think we all want a place to dig in and lick any wounds, nurture a path, or just be a way station in life. And then things happen. And for me too often it had to come to a head and it was too late for a logical, clear headed exit or departure you got stuck. It is your fault. There is fault there. Other people move on and up and yep. And I just wallowed in the same old shit every day. I still have a hard time believing I have spent so much energy, effort, and time telling people who are high caliber and high aptitude in their career paths to stop what you are doing. Don't do that. And be a traffic cop to otherwise credible professionals. And they move on while I dither away fretting over pedantic details that nobody ever cared about. Ever. A waste of life. And what was I doing? Was I seeking a form of the delusion of professional and emotional security? Sure, I didn't get any financial security. I was thinking about somebody I titularly worked with many years ago who was a bitter, bitter person who had a tough childhood, adolescence, and deeply resented his father's illness. He also had a brother with a serious addiction problem and another brother like him who was scrambling to find a way to survive. He became enamored of the militia mentality and he and his brother bought a place upstate they turned into a and b of sorts which catered to the anti-government faction of society, somehow a faction of people looking for B&Bs. This was many years before Airbnb and the anti-government factions We were all painfully aware of these days. He had a serious drinking problem, and he was not a fun person to work with. He assumed that all of his issues were universal affirmatives, and that everyone thought and felt the same way he did, which we did not. And if we did not, we were all spoiled people, which we were not. Hard to reconcile that you are the cause of poor end results based on inaction or lack of planning, commitment, intellectual development, discipline, rigor, common sense, vision, talent, temperament, and other variables which affect your performance and abilities. My sense of vanity, my ego, and my long-held misperceptions have all been either challenged or burst by the experience of the pandemic, where facets of life, whether cultural or business or personal, have dispensed with any organic progression into obscurity and or obsolescence. It just happened. While we are all attempting to adjust and using select words like pivot and new paradigm and whatever to embrace the changes that are taking a strong foothold in our world, we are, I think, Almost forgetting that we are laying to waste that which, although may not be Hollywood, are still vital and necessary functions we all hear about. Such as supply chain issues, and people don't want to work, or however that evinces itself around you. But the nuts and bolts still need to be maintained or things fall apart. I know there is widespread mentality of there's an app for that, but at the end of the user experience with the app, there is a guy with a wrench and some WD-40 making sure the nuts and bolts are tight and lubricated and well-maintained. There's going to be somebody who knows how to do things the hard way, not the horse and buggy way, but the way the actual concrete mechanisms and procedures really are and not just the throwaway, dispense-with-your-mundane, menial, low-worth tasks. Because that is bullshit. There are so many people who stand to and currently gain lucratively from evangelizing the future and AI and bots and apparatus which will rid us of hands-on labor and physical stress and pain and wear and tear. But not for everyone. We still don't have universal broadband in this country. I have a pointed memory or multiple memories of people who have very matter of factly decided that they can have or have discharged of responsibilities or dispensed with an obligation, and with the wave of their hand, it had been miraculously taken care of. Similar to being in a group meeting where an important point, especially based on an org mission statement and business goals, is agreed to in principle but dies on the vine because. Nobody embraces the practical reality of it. So everyone was completely full of shit, and it shows. And as it turns out, there is no lesson plan for that, especially coping with today's climate. We all have been whistling in the dark and spitballing the whole time and have been impressed with some people's apt calls and good luck with potshots or ability to size up potential and keep their aim in a specific area which benefits them But for the most part, it is and always was a clusterfuck. Just watching someone I know a little bit do a Facebook live stream as he strives to get a difficult job and lamenting his age and the loss of relevance and potency as he is aging. And I commiserate and sympathize with him. I have always greatly disliked the scuttling of so many people's careers before they get to the last few important earning years where they can solidify the very necessary nest egg which they have been putting off so many years due to a wide variety of reasons and root causes. But once you get there, it doesn't matter because you just don't matter anymore. You become the crank. Your opinion is heard at a lower volume. 2021, I'm famous. Nothing matters. Nothing at all. It's like being in hell. The sickest part is that you're an eternal optimist. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kiddies say, Peace out.